everybody and welcome to the second edition of the NFNL podcast for season 2022. I'm your host Nicholas Sacco and we've got some great topics to talk about in today's episode. I'm joined by Samuel Zito and Josh Ward for today's ep. Boys, it's been a great start to round one. Great to have football back across our men's, women's and juniors competitions and um, there's some great results over the weekend that I'm sure we're all looking forward to talking about. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, Nick. I think um, more than anything else, just good to be back playing. I think um, certainly the sides who lost, obviously, would, would have preferred to, to have a winning start, but I think they'd, they'd be in agreement as well. That it's just mm. good to, to be back out there after, well, a non-season in 2020 and then a heavily disrupted season in 2021. Yeah. Just being out there and uh, being able to you know, play with your mates, I think, is probably the, the key thing from the weekend. So just good to see, as you say, all the grades uh, in football back out there and uh, enjoying doing what we love. Yeah, it was great to see. It was great to see footy back this weekend in in the NFL, all in all competitions. And yeah, it was um, it was great to see big crowds as well. I saw plenty of replays, and we were out at Jerry Moore Park too, and there was a massive, a pretty big crowd there too. So it was just great to see footy back. As as Sam said, yes, they, the losing teams would have loved to have gone gone the win to kick off the season, but yeah, the um. It, yeah, they would have just been happy to get back onto the ground. I'll tell you, someone who was very happy, and that was Watsonia men's coach George Latouf after their huge victory uh, over Lower Plenty on Saturday. We'll have an interview with him lined up later on in the program. But let's start with Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1, and we'll start with the game that the three of us were calling from um, at J.E. Moore Park, and it was West Preston Lakeside flexing their muscles, basically, against um, a quality opposition in Bandura. Um, Ahmed Saad kicked six goals, even even despite the fact that West Preston Lakeside actually had nine first gamers in that squad coming in. I know a lot of us at the time thought that this was Bandura's chance to, to get their first win of the campaign, bringing in some names of, of the likes of David Zaharakis and a couple of others coming in too. But it was the Roosters that got on top, and after quarter time, it was really theirs to lose. They were just controlling the game. Uh, they had some great moments and plays throughout the afternoon, and... Um, you can see why they, they've won the last two premierships in that division, Samuel. Yeah, absolutely. Two, two premierships and a minor premiership there as well. So, real statement. I think they've probably uh, taken umbrage to, I guess, the uh, some other sides who have been talked about as maybe surpassing them over the off-season with their recruits. And they clearly went into that game. They're looking to, to really make an impression and certainly did that. Nine players playing their first game for the club. A few of them are obviously experienced players who are playing first club games. Jacobaccio and Orla, who were both fantastic. But... All around the board, I guess you you looked and you, you look at the players they've lost, and you know, Jackson Clark's such a big part of that back line. And then you get to to game day, and they've had four pull out overnight as well, and, and not just anyone, you know, Drea, Thorpe, Valadares, just to name a, f- a few, and they come out and, and beat the side that most think are potentially the premiership favourite by you know more than six goals, dominant performance, and I think it's a real credit to everyone involved in in West Preston Lakeside from you know the you know Rob Mayrunner as a coach and, and and the playing group. It was an awesome performance and based on what we saw on, on Saturday they aren't going anywhere they are the yeah. uh, the benchmark side aren't they yeah they definitely are I reckon they were dominant for pretty much all of the game bar bar the second half of that first quarter and a patch during the third quarter it was just an absolutely ruthless performance their defence even without yeah Nathan Valadares Max Strayer Jackson Clark of course he's gone for the season it was still such it was still terrific and Joel McDonald Regan Yuwandu they, they led the way I felt Yuwandu he had a period during that third term where Shepard just dominated him but I thought 
they they marshaled the troops really well, and yeah, it was uh, unbelievable to keep them to only eight goal eight, to keep opponent under attack to only eight goals nine. So, and yeah, it was it was similar to like when we went there last year when they played when they played Montmorency. It was a dominant performance and. Yeah, they're definitely sending the benchmark again. Yeah, I think you know, we obviously had the chance to talk, talk to Rob Mayrana on the match of the day broadcast post-game, and he's you know, been so successful at that club, and when he says that's as good as win as they've had in, yeah. in his time there, I think that I mean that, 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 that puts the full stop on it, doesn't it, just how important that win was. So um, for mine, as I said, they're still the, uh, the side to be based on, on that performance there. And yes, there's some other sides that might have uh, more talented lists on paper potentially, but what they produce together, um, I mean, they're going to take some catching and outstanding performance by a great club for Bandura. A disappointing way to start the year, but by no means the end of the world. I think they can bounce back. Discipline wasn't great. A lot of 50-minute mm. penalties they gave away, but mm. the, the fact of the matter was they were beaten by a better side and, and they'll have to regroup and, and go again from this week. I did predict West Preston Lakeside to be all right this year, by the way, just, yeah. just reminding you all. <laughs> anyway, but no, um, their depth was going to be tested on Saturday and they showed in spades that they're very capable no matter what happens throughout the season. Another one that sort of flexed their muscles, but only maybe on paper, not actually in sense of the actual game, was Montmorency. They defeated Northcote Park by 78 points, and you, and you look at that scoreline and you think, well, they must have dominated throughout the entire game, but it was more because of their seven-goal last quarter that, that sealed the win for them. It, it didn't really look like a dominant performance, so to say, but nonetheless an important one to start the year for Gary Ramsey. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, obviously, we weren't at the game, but talking to a few people who were and say that the final margin not reflective of no. how tight the game was and Northcote Park put a good put in a good account for themselves. I think most pundits would have expected Montmorency to win that game based on last year's performance between the two sides and then I guess um, the, the key players they've brought in, albeit Northcote Park also has some really handy ones coming back. Um, but for, for Northcote Park, the tail of the tape was not, not converting their chances with the wind. Um, you know, five behinds in the first term, a lot of out-of-bounds on the full as well. So they didn't take their chances, whereas you look at Montmorency, they're two quarters with the wind. They've kicked six goals, four, and they've finished it with seven goals, four. So that's the difference in the end. I think um, for, for Montmorency, you, you couldn't ask for a better start with the new players coming into the club. Obviously, um, they debuted uh, a fair few of them as well. Lin Jong are coming in. Um, Liam Whale Buxton was in the best players in his first yeah. game. The Ruck had a great contest against Matt D'Angelo, who was Northcote Park's best on the day as well. So it probably goes to show how, how um, good that battle was throughout the day. Mitch Honeychurch played as well for, for Montmorency. So um, they get through Northcote Park. A few injury concerns. I think um, Jordan Schroeder tried to, to play through injury in the game as well. So, um, yeah, they don't get the result. Um, they, they get a chance. It is only round one. They get a chance yeah. uh, to come back home this weekend and, and try and atone for it. But for Montmorency... Um, um, that's just one that, yeah, a, a tick of the box there. Win at home in, in mm. round one and they'll build the season from here. But a very impressive performance first up. And Paddy Fitzgerald just um, picking up where he left off last season, six <laughs> I, goals. I still say, I mean, <laughs> that, he for more than 10 years, this guy's been a, a dominant forward in the competition. Yeah, yeah. He's underrated. Underrated, we, we talk, we, we talk about other players, he's unassuming, yeah, but he just kicks goals. And yeah. it's, it's yeah. as simple as that. And another six in the weekend. He probably doesn't get the... the you know, just desserts that uh, that, that he deserves. But um, what a star! And um, yeah, kicks the the most goals of uh, or equal most goals of any player in in Melbourne Greyhounds Division One over over round one, and just continually a, a headache for for opposition defences. I think what the most surprising result was in Melbourne Greyhounds Division One was uh, McLeod's mm. victory over North Heidelberg, a forty point win. Um, in the end, and a great start to Craig Hayes' career as McLeod coach. I mean. 
we were speaking last week about what we thought of McLeod coming into the season, and um, a lot of us tipped that they probably weren't going to make it very far throughout the campaign, but they've started beautifully and um, a dominant display to kick off 2022, Josh. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, when when I saw the final scores out at Jay Moore Park, I, I was a bit shocked because North Idleberg, yeah, they've had their losses. They they don't ha- they didn't have Brent Harvey playing as well. I'm assuming he would have been up in uh, up in Brisbane with North Melbourne, and but yeah, it was such a comfortable win and. McLeod, they had a really good spread of goal kickers too, and they were deadly in front of uh, deadly in front of goals. Seventeen goals, nine taking advantage of mm-hmm. of most of their chances. You know, Reed Brand and Paddy Martin kicked three kicked three goals each. Anthony Doherty and Latino and Corelli both had two as uh, all had two as well. So it was a really good spread of multiple of multiple goal kickers and regular goal kickers, and yeah, it was a massive win and co- massive confidence booster for Craig Case heading into the rest of the season. I was a bit concerned about the Bulldogs coming into the season, and this one doesn't really take away any of those worries, Samuel. I mean, they had a pretty poor run of form at the end of last season before the season got cut short, and um, despite the fact that they brought some um, their returning players, Nicholas Matthews, Jai Baddeley, Kelly, both, both playing their first games for the Bulldogs um, since leaving for other clubs, um, it's not a great start to the season for them, and, and unfortunately might only be a bit tougher for them heading into the, the, at least the next few weeks. Um, how do you read them coming into it? Yeah, tough one because they, they did finish last year um, you know, with a lot of injuries, lack the depth, and coming into round one would have been keen to make a statement. I th- having said that, I think... There's no better time to get a reality check than round one, I think. You have a shocker first up and you feel like you've got a point to prove going forward. So sometimes uh, you get a good win in round one, you might get a bit ahead of yourself. That'll sharpen them up. They've got a great coach in Jason Heatley. I expect them to bounce back fully. They've got match winners across the park um, and they'll be stinging. They're a proud club and to lose round one against you know, a rival in McLeod, one of their, their local neighbours. This game is played round one each year. Um, generally, they rotate where it is. This time around, it's happened two two years in a row where they've, they're playing it at um, at North's home ground. So that'll, that'll sting them to lose in front of their home crowd first up after a long absence from footy. So um, for me, um, I'm a sit and wait at the moment. I, I'm expecting them to, to certainly improve on that performance. I think they can certainly um, be you know a side that contends this year given the firepower that, and the, the match winners they possess. But... Yeah, disappointing first up. But not on McLeod, I think we talk about the spread of goal kickers. I think that's um, that's the impressive thing for them. That when they were at their best, McLeod, even in those Premiership and Grand Final years, they didn't have you know the big 60, 70 goal kicker. It was spread the load around from their, their forwards, which had the, the, the varying shapes and sizes, but predominantly a smaller forward line. And then the midfield would kick goals. Lucas Hobbs had a really good game on the weekend. And um, Kurt Manuel playing, and it was interesting just um, hearing some comments from Craig Hayes over the weekend. We talk about how COVID it can probably negative impact a, a club this year. Um, they got a positive. He was meant to be at a music festival that got cancelled go. yeah. uh, for COVID reasons. <laughs> Ends up playing um, and, uh, and yeah, plays pretty well as well. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, interesting there that uh, the things that, uh, <laughs> that, can, that can happen because of COVID. No, but I'm sure Craig will be very happy he was there throughout that game on Saturday. Um, another one I want to talk about in this division was Heidelberg. Um, probably a lot of people expecting them to get over the line against Hurstbridge, but... I want to talk more about this dynamic duo that, that's come to play. Sam Gilmore and Tom Bell Chambers, um, you know, rotating between Ruck and Four. They kick six goals between them. They lead the Tigers to a 55-point win, and they are going to be a dominant force in this division, no doubt. They are, and, and we all know how important the, the big Ruckmen have been in, in the NFL in, in the last, you know, well, forever in yeah. a day. I mean, we, yeah. go, we talk about <laughs> Matty Dennis and um, and then the like over over years, but look at some of the the service they gave when when they got one of them resting forward, they're just so dangerous inside four fifty yeah. when there's a stoppage. And we look at the tape in the weekend. There's a goal that 
Brody Tardio kicks as a goal, the Lockie Wilson kick. It's just golden service coming out of the ruck. And when you've got a potentially up against a, a tall defender who hasn't rucked and there's a boundary throw an inside 50 or a stoppage, they're going to be lethal. I think that, that, that it is a huge weapon for, for Heidelberg. And, and they showed on the weekend kicking some clinical goals purely because they've got a, a star ruckman resting at full forward who can, at a stoppage, just destroy an opposition, uh, opposition team. So yeah, Heidelberg, um, yeah, great way, way, way to start the year. Similar to last year where they had a big win against Hurstbridge to start. This time around it was a lot more competitive and Heidelberg got the edge after half time. So um, yeah, they, they get the win and, and they roll into next week. But um, yeah, some things to like and, and Matt Smith leaving off uh, where, he, where he finished last year. And there was a, a couple of others. Uh, Braden Sire was in the best players. Dylan Clark as well in his first game. That's not the Dylan Clark who played <laughs> yeah. at, at Essendon. This is uh, another one who's come from the bush. A youngster played well in Sean Martin also in his first game amongst the best players. So new players um, making themselves, uh, well, probably indeed around the, uh, the club rooms in their first game for their new club. And just to wrap up the division, it was business as usual for Greensboro. Um, yeah. They defeated Whittlesey by 25 points in, in Sadi Ghazi's first game. As Greensboro coach, of course, replacing Mick Harford at the start of the season. Uh, see had their chances to, to, you know, really try and make mm. amends and, and get themselves back into the contest, but it, it was the class of Greensboro that was able to finish that one off. And um, they start their campaign their campaign with a win, as, as they have, you know, more than likely for the last few seasons. Yeah, it's a perfect way for them, especially with all the change they've been through this offseason. And, yeah, up against the, a new and improved uh, see side uh, that led up forward by, by Jared Wade, who kicked three goals on debut as well. But the thing about that loss is they were really inaccurate in front of goal, were Greens by 12-17 on the mm. day. So they might look to t- they might look to time that up, but yeah, it's still yeah. a good win nonetheless. It's, yeah, well, you look at, 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 at three-quarter time, they're in control, 32 points up, but it's 24 scoring shots to 12. 8-16, they'd, they'd kick to their, um, yeah, Tom Bell, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dominant player of the competition. He's in the best again. Tom Brindley played well again, and, and Nick Riddle too. So they're, they're better players leading the way. I guess for Whittlesey, though, on, on the day, obviously don't get the result in the seniors, lose by 25 points. But their reserves um, ran Greensboro within a point. Their 19s won well against Greensboro. It's predominantly a good under-19 side. So there's some depth in that, in that squad. And um, I think for Whittlesey, yes, only one win out of the three in a day, but some positives to take against a Greensboro side, which we know has always been one of the, the powerhouse sides in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. So not all doom and gloom for the Eagles as uh, they look ahead to next week. And with a team that might have a few uh, players not playing due to VFL commitments, yeah. it's so important to have that depth throughout the uh, Yeah, Zach Malloy played it for Collingwood on the weekend, so well done to him for his debut. Blake Watson played at Whittlesey, but potentially played some yep. VFL footy this year. So um, mm. not an easy task this week, though, going out to West Preston Lakeside. <laughs> but, you know, you, you have to test yourself against the best, and they'll do that early in the year with Greensboro into West Preston Lakeside. So we'll see how they can stack up this weekend. We'll move on to MC Labor Division 2, and I think, boys, we might have our early contender for the upset of the season. It was Watsonia. Um, they had a last-minute venue change. They were meant to be playing at home at Binnack Park. Uh, they moved to Montmorency Park, South Oval, and they got the job done against one of the flag favourites in the division in Lower Plenty, a three-point win away from home. We're going to speak to their coach, George Latouf, in a short while. But, boys, I was super impressed by this victory for the Saints. Probably one of their best wins um, in the club's mm. history for for a little while now. And, um, yeah, just a dominant display in the end. For me, yeah, absolutely their best win since the 2016 third division grand final win over Epping. I think you can't discount uh, how important it was to, to go away from home. The fact is that that led against them to, you know, to not be able to play that game at home and then have to go to a venue that's 
yeah, very hard to play on for opposition sides. Smaller ground at, at lower plenty. But what I what probably impressed me most about this win it wasn't you know built off maybe one quarter a late surge and and you upset a side. It's four quarters of mm. footy. They they started well. They're in front yeah. in the first quarter. Lower plenty challenged them as we knew they would. And then Watsonia came from behind the last quarter to win. So it's four quarters of, of good footy against a, a side that's still going to be one of the, the genuine contenders despite a shock loss in round one. So from George Latouf, I'm absolutely wrapped that you had to basically forfeit a home game first up, which you're going to get now in the back end of the season. The, the venue's being switched, and yet you come away with the win. Um, you know, I'm, you know, it's still a long season, and there's yeah. going to be some obstacles for them to overcome. But... For them, um, yeah, just a, a very rewarding win to, to start the campaign. It is a massive win and a massive confidence booster for a younger for the young group as well. It is still pretty young, with with retaining most of their list from last year. Carl Wheatley, he was a massive point of difference with five goals. That was a great performance from him in uh, in the best as well. And yeah, this definitely is it definitely is going to be one of the upsets of the season as well as what what Sonia's best win since that twenty sixteen fight. Because yeah, it. When you get when you change a venue, change a venue pretty much the night beforehand, and you have to go to the opposition and Montmorency Park South too, which is a very hard oval to play on and very small too. It's a super impressive win. For uh, Lowell Plenty, obviously disappointing though. It's going to be competitive spots for you know top five and, and top three as well. So that's one thing that's they're going to have to find a, a big win away from home against the you know a Banyul or a. Thomastown and Eltham Diamond Creek, one of those sides mm-hmm. now to, to try and make up for this one, but that's not taking anything away from what Watsonia was able to produce. Absolutely right, and what might help Lower's case is the fact that one of their contenders for the Premiership in Thomastown also were, were defeated in their Round 1 clash against Diamond Creek. They lost by 9 points, but they were down by 37 at three-quarter time and nearly took the comeback away from the Creekers, but unfortunately just fell short for them, and Probably in in similar talk to, to Lower Plenty, one they'll be disappointed to have let slip. Yeah, they had some some injuries early in the game that they had to contend with Thomastown. But what's interesting here for Diamond Creek, they've had not a great record against Thomastown for mm. the last three or four years. That mm. um, always close games. Thomastown just seemed to always get the wood on them. So this is a big one for them um, for, for Diamond Creek. I mean, they had to hold on late as Thomastown charged in the last quarter with the last five goals. So um, it was you know Diamond Creek. 37 points up, kicked the first goal last quarter as well, and yeah. you would have thought you're home and hose, but you've got to give Thomas Town credit for fighting back, but for Diamond Creek, an awesome way to start the year against a side that most people have in their, um, certainly in their finals calculations and potentially pushing up higher as a, as a premiership contender. Well, it gives them a, a great chance to push up higher, I feel, and with those top three teams, and with two of them losing, um, the momentum would be really good. Good ruck battle in that one there as yeah. well, because Nick Barrow played ruck for Diamond Creek. They've had, obviously, the, a host of key uh, key players, or key tools leave the club in the off-season. Um, Josh Marchbank back to Penella. Um, lost the Ollie Parks to Panton Hill, so they'll play against him this year. And then also Michael, Michael Florence to Hurstbridge. So Barrow's been now thrown into the ruck and um, yeah, had a great battle with Jared Coulson, both named as their side's best player. So a great battle in the uh, in the air against between those two. Yeah, and that that that's pretty handy having yeah a fir- pretty much a first game ruckman cover the loss of Marchbank and Florence in ruck. But the thing about that Diamond Creek win as well, it was a super impressive third quarter. They they got six goals six in that third qu- in that third quarter, and they didn't concede a single point against. A side I reckon is going to be the most potent, the most potent attack, and yeah, Sage Ticello, three goals on Diamond Creek debut, couldn't have asked yeah, for a better great debut. Great performance, isn't it? They're coming across from Epping as well and having an instant impact. Yeah, yeah it really helps Diamond Creek's case to contend for the Premiership this season. 
Altham, they, they kicked off their campaign with the winners well. They defeated Panton Hill by 30 points. Um, but we've spoken about the inaccuracy of a couple of teams. Well, they had these issues last year too, the Panthers. They, they kicked seven goals, 18 on Saturday. And while you might get away with it with, with a side like Panton Hill, who are probably at the lower end of the division, when you're playing those top teams, you're not going to get away with it as much. It, yeah. it cost the matches last year. And you look at the first quarter on the weekend, 1-9 to 1-1. Mm. Um, you know, half time, three scoring shots to 16 and you're only three goals in yep. front so um, it's plagued them for a little while now great performance from Alex Bell Chambers good to see him um, you know named as, as Altham's best and, and getting a, a stack of coaches votes that's the the next generation we talk about they had lost a lot of players in the offseason we talked how are they going to cover them they're deciding to, to play these kids from the 19s program as they absolutely should and good to see Bell Chambers best Tom Bevan Shannon as well in his first game for the club um, named amongst the best players as well so good to see the next wave emerging and Matty Byron playing against his old side for the first time. They got the round one matchup they wanted, and he kicked two goals, including a really nice one as well, right yeah, on the goal line. I'd admit it, we might have to call him up for uh, Socceroos <laughs> duties, potentially, Absolutely. with their, their uh, qualifying campaign still going. But uh, he'd just be glad to get that one out of the way against the yeah. old side early. So, um, yeah, two goals, um, only multiple goal scorer for Eltham on the day. And, um, yeah, on to, on to, I guess, bigger things for them from, from here. Epping had a nice 17-point win over Fit, the Fitzroy Stars at uh, Sir Douglas Nichols Oval. Damon Markon kicked five on his Epping return. A, a great start to the year for him, and a great start for Epping as well, who we, we, we spoke about as, as one of those mid-table sides, but that could also really challenge the top sides. And, and although Fitzroy Stars are still clearly in, in that bit of that rebuilding stage, um, it was it was a great and impressive performance from Epping. Yeah, well, Mark, on he'll be a star for Epping. He was back yeah. in 2018 when he played for them. He was in the um, the team of the year. That, of course, that year they came up late into the second division. Yep. Layla asked to go down. Epping took their spot, and they fared pretty well, actually. Um, well, really well, considering how, how late into the season um, or into the off-season that they came up. But he was the star in the team of the year that year. He's been a noted goal kicker at Preston Bullhansen comes in, kicks five. Tom Burnside also back in that side. He played, mm. I believe, that same season as well, if not in, in 2019. So a couple of returning faces and a good win first up against uh, a star side on their home paddock. The Stars, of course, this year celebrating their, their 50th year. So a, a mm. big uh, big celebration for them this year. Started well with four goals up early. Kyle Thomas kicked a few early goals, finished with four. So it's a really big season for them. Um, just two points in it at three-quarter time. Epping finished with uh, a wet sail, four goals to one. But it's great to see Epping um, acknowledged that the Stars milestone season and they wore a, a um, specially designed yeah, jumper really for, nice. for the day as well, yeah, an Indigenous-inspired yeah. jumper, which so it was a great touch between the two sides and, um, yeah, for, for Epping to, to go away and get a, a win first up under new coaches, Glenn Lenner and also Aaron Newport's a, a chance to, um, yeah, to build a base for this season. And for the Fitzroy Stars, um, obviously you want to win those games at home as well, but last year they had a few blowout losses along the way. Um, they're certainly looking to be a lot more competitive this year, I would have thought, um, based on that performance. No doubt about that at all. And just finally, Banyul, too strong for St. Mary's. Put a bit yeah. of an expected result. Um, they'll finish around on top of the ladder, which will be a nice confidence booster for them, particularly seeing, as, as we spoke earlier, Lower Plenty and Thomastown both are failing to get that first round win. Faccioni and, and Yoji, some of the better players for the Bears that day. Yeah, Faccioni winning the medal um, that's uh, given out for, between these two sides. I'm not surprised they won. I am surprised by the margin, to be perfectly honest. Um, 10 goals at Mary's yeah. has been a thorn in Banyul's side over, over recent years. Of course, going back to 2019, where they were the first side to beat them at this venue at Watmore Park. So Mary's kicked the first three goals. They're after 12 goals to one. So they'd be disappointed, I think, because they started well. They're only five points down at half time, and it just was a blowout thereafter. So 
uh, for St Mary's back to the drawing board. Remembering last year, though, they had a heavy yeah. loss in round one against Eltham at, at Central Park on Good Friday and responded really well thereafter. But for Banyul, um, any potential thought about them sliding down the ladder? Um, I think that's quickly dismissed after the dominant performance. And as Nick says, they go to the top of the table after round one. Couldn't have asked for a better start. Yeah, taking advantage of those of those losses to 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 the other Bears, Thomas Town and and lower plenty. But yeah, I'm a bit surprised because St Mary's. I I would have thought they'd be a bit of a dark horse this year as well with the inclusions they've had and re-signing most of their core group. But yeah, it's it's not the greatest start. Um, yeah, it, it's a massive game this weekend against Watsonia out at Binnak Park. So we'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back against a side that got a win against a contender. And of course, for Banyul, they'll have a good one too. They take on Thomastown. So <laughs> another test of uh, of that of um, you know, where they exactly where they sit after a good round one. Thomastown obviously on the rebound. So that's a huge game coming up in round two. And now, as we've previewed throughout the show, we'll, we'll chat to Watsonia senior men's coach. George Latouf after their very impressive victory over Lower Plenty on Saturday. We speak to George now. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the Watsonia Football Club, George Latouf, coming off a fantastic victory against Lower Plenty on Saturday. George, thanks for coming on and giving us a bit of your time. Pleasure. Looking forward to it. Pleasure. Now, obviously, a, a fantastic result on Saturday, probably one that you know not many pundits would have expected, but nonetheless, a fantastic start to the season for your club. Just talk to me about the emotions you and your side had once that final siren went and, yeah, just how Saturday played from your eyes. Like I mean, um, as the coach, very, very pleasing um, to see my young team. Um, they played a real team effort for the whole game and um, they, everybody played their roles and... Um, it doesn't matter what the situation was on, on during the game. They, they were just continuing to be focused, which was very, very pleasing. Um, and they were very adaptable during the game as well. Um, we had stages where we, had, we lost, we rotating three off the bench. And at half time, we only had two to rotate off the bench. And just uh, it was very, very pleasing. They were focused and, um, yeah, quarter by quarter. So um, it was very, very, I'm very happy about that. Well done on the win as well. George Samuel um, from the NFNL speaking now, but the, the the win itself, I mean, you've been with the club for, for quite a while now. Obviously, they've had a couple of COVID-interrupted seasons, but is that the best performance that the club, club's produced in, in your time there? Yeah, that was one. Um, the other one was uh, when we played Alfam last year mid, uh, before before the COVID hit again. Um, it was a similar sort of game. Um, our ball movement and pressure was unbelievable, and that was likewise... Um, on Saturday was it was one of the best performances that um, I've coached since I've been at the club, and um, yeah, it just just shows um, the growth of our plays. Um, we've, we kept all our plays our playing list, and uh, there's a lot of growth. And we're average. Our age group is averaging between say 19 to 22, so that that's the age group at the moment. And um, yeah, it's really pleasing to see um, their development and they're just willing willing to work for each other. And um, that's what I've been basing our game plan around all, all the time since I've been there. Yeah. If we look at last year, the, the competition itself in, in second division, we had um, five sides that were, or probably six sides that were fighting for the, the spots in the top five. And then there was probably another four sides towards the lower end. But of those four, there was no doubt that Watsonia was, was the best performed. I know the win-loss record didn't, necessarily indicate that but you had a lot of close games you mentioned the loss to Altham you, you pushed some good sides for you know two three and, and up to four quarters but to, to get a win like that in the weekend how important is that for the mindset of the side now going forward for 2020 that you've taken that next step and you can go from challenging those sides to now beating them 
Oh yeah, it's look, it's very pleasing. Um, we worked really hard for the, throughout the whole preseason uh, since we started last year, um, and just um, in the practice matches, we tried a lot of things to change around our game plan and all that work, that, that hard work we've done. And um, it's just it's just overall just not just the playing group, it's the coaches, uh, our committee, um, it's the whole group, the whole club itself. Just um, it's so pleasing that um, we just continue to push on, um, and it's, it's it's week by week too for us. You know, I mean, you're going to have your ups and downs, but the bottom line is what we're focusing is, is, is it's all about the team. It's all about the team stuff, you know, and um, and the individual really just has to play his role for, his, for the sacrifice of his team, and that and that's what we impl- implemented throughout the three groups with our under 19s, our reserve side, and our senior side. It's a whole club thing, so um, very pleasing to um, very. I'm, you can hear him. I'm very wrapped um, to be the coach of the club at the moment, and um, yes, looking forward to um, more um, more stuff this year. Yeah. It was no doubt an impressive win, especially considering the, the last minute venue change as well from your new home yeah. at Binak Park. Tell me yeah. about the facilities there. It's been you know talked about as as a, as a great place to play football, and I'm sure everybody at the club is very excited. And, and coming off the win on Saturday, I'm sure you know it just brings even more enjoyment in the fact that. Um, this week you'll be back at home playing at Binak Park. Just you know, talk to me about the morale and the vibe of the players. You, you spoke about it a bit in your answers there, but being at a, at a new venue and and having that opportunity to really enhance your performances in all three teams. Yeah, um, yeah, we're very fortunate. We've gone to um, Binak Park where it's all new facilities. Um, the the ground's magnificent. You know, I mean, in regards to that, it just um, it just it's something new. And to, when you get something new, it just it just gets people excited as well as well. Um, we're very we're very fortunate that we've gone there, um, and um, yeah, the, the morale is great. Training's been really good. Um, the vibes been really, really good. We're in, the, we're in the group as well, and it's just been uh, adaptability. You know, I mean, like uh, we moved, we, uh, there was a light change during the week, and, and we had to go play at lower. And um, as we know, lower is a fantastic side, right? And we're going to play at their home ground. But it just showed, you know, the the grit and the the team ethic our our, our team was, and. Um, didn't matter where we played, we played for each other, and that's really pleasing. You can see the excitement of these young guys come to train as well. They come to train after they finish work or they're at uni. Uh, we've got a, we're, we're very uh, we've got a cross section of, of uh, what our playing group does for a living as well. So we've got that balance, life balance, which is really important, especially part of this COVID part of the COVID era, and making sure our playing group mentally. Uh, are switched on when they come to our ground, especially at Binnow Park at the moment. I mean, it's their second home from away from home so we're going to we make sure that um, they do the right thing they enjoy it and that's about that's a beauty about um, sporting gym but football it brings people together and you want to have you want to enjoy and have fun as well it's not just being serious about it every every, every minute and that you want to be you, you want to win games but more importantly is, is making sure our playing group enjoy coming to our club and building that culture and that's we want to be a destination club making sure that every any, anybody's welcome to come to our club because they know for a fact they're going to come and enjoy themselves and play footy. That's what it's all about. You've spoken so much about, I guess, the development of the of the club and, I guess, having the, the three sides there now. But on the weekend, I know you talked about it being a team performance, but if you look at a couple of players in the best, Kyle Wheatley kicked five goals, um, Daniel yeah. Lanetta in the best as well. Players have come from that Mill Park Junior program in through the 19s and now, obviously, to play yeah. senior footy as well. I mean, how important is that pathway now for your club to be able to develop that next generation of player? Yeah, we've got a terrific... Um, relationship with uh, Bandura Juniors and uh, Mill Park 
um, during juniors as well. And majority of our playing group here, like there's a good, there's a good say ten plus players in this senior side. They've they've come through that through that system, and um, and it's it's just terrific. I mean, um, and these these players like if it's, they can go anywhere else to play, but they've seen what um, what we what we want we we're trying to do as our pathway through. Uh, Junior development, bringing them across development, and making sure that um, everybody's welcome to come to our club, but really focusing on these young players, making sure they develop into good senior footballers, but good citizens as, as well. You know what I mean? Coming to the club and representing the club, and that's really, really important for our football club to grow. It's about growth, and uh, that continues to go grow every I mean, every week by week. So, um, very, very pleasing to see that. I guess the attention now turns to, to this week when you face St. Mary's, a side who last year was, was vying for those final spots and um, is definitely a, a side that is made for Division Two football. Um, they're yeah. obviously coming off a loss against another quality side in Banyul. While you, obviously there's the time to enjoy the highs of the win on Saturday, how do you focus the group to, to get back on task and, and ensure that a similar performance is had this week? Yeah, it's about, look... Uh, after look after a great win on the weekend, you enjoy, you go for your mates, you enjoy it afterwards and all that. But as soon as, as soon as it hits, as soon as it hits like the Sundays and Mondays, we it's refocused. We start focusing on, on our next game. As I said, address the playing group. You know what I mean? And uh, we've got a lot of respect for St Mary's. They're, they're they're a similar team like us as well. They're very well coached. They've got a great coach there as well. And um, we make it. We can make sure that uh, we go back to exactly what we're aiming at. Like tonight, we go back to train tonight, and we switch on. We're back to train. We've got a different, different game altogether. Um, both sides um, play play similar style of football, and um, yeah, just looking forward to that challenge. And um, as I said before, we've got a lot of respect for our, our opposition every week, and St Mary's is one of them this week too. So yeah, one last one, George. Obviously, it's been so long between uh, playing matches. Last year, there was the you know, the regular disruption, and three times we got back to playing and then had to stop again due to COVID lockdowns. But what was the feeling like for, for yourself and, and those in the club, just being back out there on Saturday and, and doing what you love in, in playing footy? Oh, it, just, it just looked... It felt fantastic, like, when we actually came back and we started pre-season back in November, to be honest. I mean, um, as, as a coach, it's, you're just... Actually, you're, you're more like a... Like a, a leading figure there, you're you're like a psych, psychology. It's all about psychology too. Making sure the playing group is still going through this period of time. Um, making sure that they we want them to come back to the club, not stop giving up playing football. You know what I mean? Um, and all it's all that hard work just to keep that community. It's all about communication too with our playing group and and our, our committee as well. So uh, keeping that going and just on Saturday, on Saturday when that ball was bounced. Um, me and the coaches just looked at each other and said, wow, this is great. We're back. We're actually back. And football is just a, such an important part of our lives, especially in Victoria, you know what I mean? And just gives us that opportunity to get people, to get our playing group to enjoy themselves, play footy. And it um, doesn't matter if you win or lose, you know what I mean? As long as you're there as a group and um, building that culture, that's what it's all about, building the culture that you're going to enjoy playing football. Absolutely. Well, it is fantastic to be back. And I guess for you guys, the uh, the cherry on top is, is getting a, a win away from home uh, at the weekend. So congratulations on that. Uh, we really thank you for your time in joining us on the NFNL podcast. And best of luck this weekend against St. Mary's and, and, of course, for the season ahead. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you. You're listening to the NFNL podcast as we move along to summarise what happened in round one for Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. And... Probably the game of the division um, on Saturday was Kilmore securing an important win 
against Old Eltham Collegians. A five-goal to two last term pretty much gave the Blues the victory. An interesting game. Coming into it, I personally believe that Old Eltham were going to be the team that was going to challenge South Morang and Lorimer coming into the campaign. We know Kilmore have been thereabouts in the last couple of years anyway, but it was Kilmore that got the job done away from home and um, a, a nice start to their campaign. Absolutely, it is. An atonement for last year where they led all day against Lorimer and lost it basically with the last kick of the game. And also the last time they were at this venue at, at Old Eltham, they lost after the sirens. So a uh, positive way for them to, to start their campaign and, and they'd be absolutely wrapped to you know, start, start the year with a win and, and be able to build from there, especially always hard to go away and, and win at Eltham College. The hard ground to you know, play at. And if you speak, speak to most sides in third yeah. division, they'd say the hardest venue to, to go and travel to is, is probably Eltham College. So for Kilmore to do that, to come from behind in, in a low-scoring game, um, you know, when, when you're down at, at half-time, well, only by 13 points, but you've only kicked two goals. It, it feels like it's a, a bit of a, a mountain to climb, but as you said, Nick, five goals in the last quarter. Scott Swindles finished with uh, three. Hayden Phillips played a good game in his return to the club. Played in the, their debut season in the NFNL in 2017. Came back into the lineup was amongst the best players, and so too with a few of the, uh, the bigger boys in Michael McCulloch and, and Jackson yeah. Kinnear. So a great win for Kilmore first up. And the, and yeah, um, non their best as well was that big trio in Chris Chris Barton and and Lee Irons, which makes them win even more impressive. Yeah, spot and, on. Yeah, and it's it's a good confidence. But it is also a good confidence booster as well. But um, yeah. If you're old Elton though, you look at, at their better players and a lot of the newer players to the club, the ones we expect to lead the way from them, the <clears> Matty <throat> Keys, Tom Rogers, uh, Matt Crooks is there. And also Nick Mills, some of those experienced players yeah. coming and having an impact first up. It's not um, all doom and gloom. It's it's one loss in a in a long season. They'll look to bounce back, but um, a close game and probably when you you look at that, we most pundits probably at the start of the year would expect you know the South Marangs and Lorimers to contend again, and and these two are probably with Heidelberg West and that that next line. The fact that there's only ten points separating them probably shows that yeah. um, it is going to be really competitive as to who's going to be the next challenger to emerge. And the supposed team to beat in this division, South Marang, they they picked up where they left off as well. Um, they come comfortably defeated Mernda by eight goals in their encounter at Waterview Recreation Reserve. A pretty dominant display, but one we probably expected from the Lions. Yeah, they've just got so much depth. And you look at their, their you know, before the season started, we do the, the preview on the website and we just talk about the, the transfers in and transfers out. Lost no one in no. the off-season. They're a club that's in the recent years. You have to give credit to them because <laughs> they've been right in contention. They've had a couple of COVID-interrupted seasons. We know how desperate they are to, to push up into second division, but they get, managed to get... They've got a, you know, a good culture between the playing group. They're all very tight and they, they stick together. No tight hole at the weekend. They still get a comfortable win. And yeah. Um, yeah, Bailey Brown, first game back after uh, a short stint at Montmorency and... Um, I don't know we haven't released the uh, the coaches' votes, but you know, happy to give a heads up. But uh, per, you know, five votes from from both coaches as well. So a dominant display in his first game back to the club, which I'm sure um, the coaching group led by Gary Hall will be very pleased with. And, and Matthew Trim and Rowan Bazzini were a couple of other South Marine players that, that really dominated in that game. And I'm sure that's that their names we're going to see throughout the season mm-hmm. that that will be in the best players for the Lions. Um, throughout season 2022. Most certainly. With the other two games um, in the division, Lorimer and Heidelberg West had, had pretty comfortable wins and, again, expected ones over, over Reservoir and Laylor. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the key thing was probably say all years for Reservoir and Laylor is just to keep competing. Tough day at the office, first up against good sides away from home. Heidelberg West, um, look at them as a club and how they've built... They're probably a perfect example for Layla and Reservoir to look at. They had some, some really lean years where they were losing yeah. consistently by you know triple-digit margins. 
they've worked hard as a committee and as a club, got the right people in, and, and now they're showing what, what can happen if you can just mm. persevere. So they're a perfect example. On Heidelberg West, I mean, it's a big margin. There's going to be tougher games that come up for them, but uh, Jonah Taylor kicks seven, Nick Patton five, two of the new players into the club combined for 12 goals, and perfect way to, to make your, your club debut by having an impact first up, but, but certainly for both Lorimer and, and for Heidelberg West bigger challenges to come and, and we just um, wish Layla and Reservoir the best that they can you know, be more competitive as, as weeks go on but they'll get an opportunity this weekend they won't they, when they come up against one another It will be interesting to see that game as well and hopefully it's a, it's a close one too but for Lorimer, uh, but for Lorimer that was a good, a good win for them, kicking 24 goals as well despite they still have plenty of goal scoring options but yeah they still lost uh, Josh Williamson who, who was their leading goal scorer and was a bit of a massive blow, but yeah, uh, Jackson Cecile and, and Josh Campbell kicked five, uh, Luke, Jack, uh, Luke Jackson, Jacob Lawson with three each, and yeah, multiple goal kickers. Yeah, so. that's, that's, a, that's a good point. You know, Williamson, he's been the, the linchpin up forward for, for, for quite some time, had some injuries back in uh, 2019, but came straight out of Tasmanian State League football. Uh, he'll be a loss, and it's good to see they've covered it with um, some, uh, some good spread there. On Layla and Reservoir, they, they obviously play each other this week. It's great that you know, after a tough way to start the year, they get something to look forward to yep. this weekend and a game against one another. Yep. Um, both be desperate. We know yeah, wins have been so rare for them for Reservoir. Hasn't, haven't had one for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Layla's wins in recent years have all come against Reservoir. So it's, I think it's great that um, yeah, they get an opportunity this weekend and a chance to reset over Easter as well. Um, that there's yeah, some, some light at the end of the tunnel after a, a tough loss first up. And, and we just certainly hope their performances improve from here. This weekend also saw the first round of the of the women's grading campaign. We saw all 22 sides compete um, in, in terms of working out what divisions suit all of them. And we had some great results throughout the year and um, sorry throughout the week rather. And, and um, starting on Saturday, the Twilight game. Um, after Fitzroy Stars one's a good win. They were playing third division last year. Whittlesey was up in first division. So mm. Stars have lost a few of their better players around, have gone up and potentially play on a higher level. Um, so that's a really good win at, at home first up against a side that's coming from first division last year. Um, we were obviously at uh, J.E. Moore Park on Saturday calling the, the men's game between West Preston Lakes and Bundura. Great to see a good crowd um, stay and, and watch the, the women's game as well. So that was the twilight game. Started a little bit later. The men's game ran over time, but um, you know it was... Pretty windy conditions and West Preston Lakes had one handled them pretty well, so they'll be um, probably a side that's looking for, for first division footy. And then, yeah, you mentioned the, the Darabin result. That, they've come home storming to, to win that one there from having trailed at three quarter time. And you look at that game there, I think that you see the future of, of women's football in, in that result there when you see a player like um, Chloe Williams kick four goals. She's a girl who's played rep footy for the NFNL through under 14, 15s, part of the, the 15s team. I'm certain that, that won the. Um, the title back in 2017 and now progressing. She's played two senior games in her career. One last year, she kicked two goals and then um, her first senior game uh, for this year comes out and kicks four goals. So she's certainly one to keep an eye on. So too for Diamond Creek women's um, We'll mention her certainly throughout the course of the year, depending on how much senior footy she plays. But you look at some of their best players against Montmorency 1. We know Diamond Creek women's 1 haven't lost a game for, for some time now yeah. since the grand final in 2019. Been a very strong side. Last year went through undefeated. But look at some of their better players. Brooke Plummer, um, you know, playing for under-18 footy for Vic Metro this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Chiara Nardo, who's another youngster, still only a teenager. So you just see the growth of, uh, the, growth of the game with, um, with some of those players there. And we'll get a better indication of the competition as we go through grading. It's obviously very hard to assess early on. You, you, you're judging it on where clubs potentially think they might be. 
Um, you know, VU Western Spurs, they had a really good win as well. Mm-hmm. They've gone down to one team this year, lost a lot of players. It's interesting to see where, they, where exactly they sit in it, and yet they come out and, and they have a really big win away from home at Plenty Park against Diamond Creek Women's 2, who was one of the top sides in second division last year. So um, I guess as grading goes, you'll see more competitive games, and I guess once the, the season proper starts in, in three weeks' time, we can make yeah. better assessments as to where every side sits. And Josh, you've got a feature piece coming up uh, during yeah. the week. Of course, we saw that Lower Plenty and Bandura will have a combined uh, team uh, throughout the campaign and, and a yeah. great win to start off as well, defeating Heidelberg 1 as well. And um, You'll be speaking to Dan Wilcox throughout the week and, and just yeah. learning a bit about how, how the two teams came about and, and what their expectations are throughout the season. It will be interesting to learn more about that. And yeah, it's a great win against... Um, a great win against Heidelberg, who now have the two teams. And, yeah, couldn't have asked for a perfect, a better way to start. And it's good to see just such great cooperation between the two sides. A lot of plenty has lost some players on the eve of this season. They had a very young list last year. A lot of players coming from uh, Northern Knights programs. Bandura's um, lost players to, to various different sides and, and were struggling on the eve of the season. And great to see both sides be able to now have representation, mm-hmm. albeit with a mixed side. Um, it means that they can then continue their, their female football program in the hope that next year that um, each could field a, a side in, in their own right as well. But but good to see both of them being able to um, yeah to have representation this year and, and to start with a win. I'm sure there's no better way to, to get a, a group to, to gel together than to have success first up. So, um, you know, well on to, to both sides and the committees there to be able to work together. They're obviously close in proximity and, um, yeah, to, to be able to, to forge, forge ahead this year with, um, with a combined team. We'll take a short break. You're listening to the NFNL podcast. The Meadows Conference and Event Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, the Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. You're listening to edition two of the NFNL podcast for season 2022. We've had a great round one to discuss, boys, but we've got... An even better round two, I reckon, to preview throughout mm. all the divisions coming up this weekend. Josh, is there a game that sticks out to you as, as a game that you'll be having your eye on? There's a couple across all, all three division men's divisions. Uh, one in one in particular, it's 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 McLeod and Heidelberg, both both local rivals, mm. both coming off really impressive wins in the in the first week and. Uh, Looking to go two and zero, that that'll be a massive clash down at the Winton Park. Uh, Division two, you've got Eltham Diamond Creek. Of course, you've got the first battle of the Bears, but Eltham Diamond Creek. That's a massive clash between the two sides. And yeah, like I said before, I'm excited to see Laylor and Reservoir out of Laylor. I think um, I like early in the year when, when uh, sides get to play games under lights. Look at the women's this weekend. There's yeah. there's two matches on Friday night. Banyul up against Eltham at, at Beverly Road from 7pm and then um, also at Montmorency Park North Oval, Montmorency 2 up against St Mary's. We see some later footy on, on Saturday as well. We've got um, Bandura Montmorency in the men's, a huge game. Um, obviously Bandura looking to, to bounce back after losing last week and Montmorency looking to make it mm. uh, two wins on the trot. That's a 4-10 start, I believe, but also then at Bill Laurie Oval, 6.30, Northcote Park up against North Heidelberg, two sides looking to open their campaign. So I like the differ- differing time slots and um, you know, you, you mentioned Banyol Thomastown. That game always produces something special. <laughs> We've seen some after the siren results there, and a couple of times yeah, Banyol's just pinched it late against Thomastown, so that's a big one. And yeah, looking forward to seeing Layla and Reservoir having a winning opportunity this weekend. Uh, I really hope it's a close game, and, and both sides uh, are able to take something positive away from it. 
And apart from all the games you've mentioned, I think the one that also sticks out to me is that, that 6.30 game between Northcote Park and North Heidelberg. Both of them coming off some heavy losses, some disappointing losses in, in some respects. And both will be looking to, to get that first win and, and hopefully kickstart their campaign in Division 1. Yeah, it's a, it's a good matchup too. I know we talked about it last year as well, but you've got um, you know, Northcote Park coached by Steve Saddington, who's of course a premiership player at the club, but also two-time premiership coach at North Heidelberg. Jason Heatley, the coach of North Heidelberg, has a long association with the club as a player and a coach, but also a Northcote Park premiership coach. As I'll say, you get um, some some club greats uh, going up against their former sides as well, which uh, which is always good to see. So I'm um, looking forward to that. Obviously, plenty of junior footy as well. So it was great to see the um, the youngsters getting out there and enjoying uh, playing again. I think um, we talk about the toll um, not playing has had on you know senior players and so not being able to to do what you enjoy, but. For youngsters as well, they've missed out on so much for the mm. last two years, be it through school and, and recreation. So it's just so great to see them to, uh, to get out there and be able to play. I guess the other point we'll just touch on as well is that um, anyone tuning in, we, we obviously know all grassroots competitions are struggling with umpire numbers as well. So our umpires are doing so well to being able to back up and do multiple games of a weekend mm-hmm. as well. If there is anyone tuning in that's um, looking to you know stay involved in the game or you know keep their fitness going, it's tax-free money. And yeah. I know we talk to parents a lot as well. They're dropping kids off at, at grounds to the umpire. If you have to be there, may as well you know, you know wave the flags in between the goals, or if you want to you know, field or boundary umpire and you know get some extra money as well while you're waiting. Um, yeah, we always encourage people to get involved. So Cam Nash is in the NFNL office. Um, you can send an email to cnash at nfnl.org.au. Call the office line, the, the email address and, and phone number on, on the NFNL website as well. But uh, we just implore people to um, yeah get out when you get out to games. Just obviously respect umpires because they play such a crucial role in our game. But it's not yet umpire appreciation round, but we acknowledge the important role they play in our game. And if we don't have them, we realise how much how important they are. And at the moment, um, like all all competitions at a grassroots level, regardless of which sport it is, um, yeah, you know they are as, as important as, as they've ever been. So anyone looking to get involved, more than welcome to to contact the NFNL office. Absolutely, and just just finally to to finish off the podcast. It's been the last time we'll be hearing the voice of one Samuel Zito as he as he finishes up on Wednesday evening. So, um, again, we've we've spoken about it on on the match of the day po- um, and and last week as well on the podcast. But um, all the best with all eyes ahead yeah. with you, and um, thanks for giving me the reins to take over. Hopefully, I'll do a decent job in that one as well. But yeah, again, your service to the league over the last decade has been outstanding and um, yeah big shoes to feel no doubt no thank you very much Nick appreciate it I've uh, loved uh, being part of the league for, for such a long period of time it's been great to me I um, hope I've done the, the league of service by um, the, the, the work I've been able to, to put in uh, but yeah thank you to I guess everyone who's listened and contributed along the way but um, obviously to uh, my fellow staff members as well but for, for me more importantly the, the media team I, I've said it multiple times over and over but the entire media team is made up of volunteers and the amount of work mm. that uh, amount of time that they contribute and the dedication they show, um, they're the, the you know, hidden stars of, of the competition with what they're able to produce week in, week out. So to both um, yourself, Nick and, and Josh for the work you've done and everyone has been a, a big part of it. Jared Gardner has done it all the way through um, You know, to Jordan Canellis um, and Tom Flanagan, Ben Pescuzzi. There's been so many that have been such important contributors for, for a long period of time and I don't want to um, miss anyone along the way as well, but um, thank you to everyone that's contributed Nick, it's um yeah for me it's great to see someone who's been a long time member of the media team now being able to progress and, and take on a full time role. It's very well deserved and 
absolutely no doubt that the um, the media operations here are in very, very good hands. So good luck. I'll be listening in and uh, wherever I can, I'll, I'll try and contribute as well. But um, no, it's been, been a pleasure for me and um, looking forward to what's coming next. Kind words, Samuel. Thank you very much. Well, that will do for this edition of the NFNL podcast. Be sure to keep up with all the latest news at nfnl.org.au. You've been listening to the NFNL podcast.